episode number 223 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording on November the 26th, 2023. My name's Eric, host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. You said you were going to read it. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> All right. My name is Ian. I'm a homesteader on Vancouver Island who has no idea how OPSEC works. Email free my address. We can always have coffee. Is there a story there? There's got to be a story there. Not really. I have no <laughs> OPSEC sense. That's all. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in Central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, weather nerd, and a roof repairman by necessity. Yes, I read mine. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a day, so uh, I'm yeah. going to read mine. I'm the frugal gunny. I recently moved to Northern Ontario, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. I'm an off-grader, a shooter, hunter, fisher, gatherer, trapper type, and a generalist. And I only recently came to accept that I'm a prepper. Welcome to the club. Well, the first step to solving your problem is admitting you have one, right? This is true. That's so what I you? figured. It's like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's call it what it is. <laughs> now we can move on. Okay, I'm Terry. I live in sunny central Ontario. Starving indie author, terrible hunter, pathetic fisherman. And that's why I hang out with these guys, is to get all the good advice they have. <laughs> I was going to say, because I'm a terrible hunter too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at hunting beer out of the cooler. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. Yes, I am. <laughs> Self an ace plus there. Deer out of the forest, whole other story. Yeah. And if you want to help support the show and uh, ruin your OPSEC, you can buy some swag and uh, we'll email, we'll mail it to Ian and then Ian can mail it to you. Uh, we have both the- With his uh, home Canadian address and the return label. Yes, of course. Of course. Uh, we have the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch at prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on, the backup generator fueled and cover our podcast costs. And if you're Stamps enjoying the show, extra. oh, sorry. If you're enjoying the show, <laughs> nope. please take a few minutes to submit a review on iTunes or wherever you may have found us. We really want your feedback, good or bad. Let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover, because we're always looking for a topic. And tell us something you learned this week. And you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. You can also just email us for Ian's home address, and we'll happily send it your way. All right, so we've got some frigid content for you in this episode. I'm going to start off with some relevant news articles, update you on our personal preps and what we've done since the last episode. We're going to get into the main topic, uh, winter preps, because, well, winter's here. So let's move into the news. All right, well, it didn't happen during the winter, but it happened during the summer. Uh, a tale of crappy survival and really good survival. So in the Daily Mail, uh, there's a bunch of places to find this article, but um, there's a story about a 71-year-old hiker who went missing in Colorado since August. And um, anyways, they found him. He did not survive. He actually he sucked at surviving. Uh, but his dog was a survival ace. Um, so what happened with the dog? It's a Jack Russell Terrier, so not exactly the largest, meanest dog on the block, especially compared to coyotes or wolves or anything else. Without eating his owner... He actually managed to survive from August until last week and basically kept himself alive. And when he was found, he was found sitting beside his owner, protecting his owner's carcass. Wow. So 
consider the fact that this has been what five, uh, three months, four months now, and the dog was in great shape and was still sitting there trying to protect his owner, even though his owner died months ago. And uh, yeah, kudos to him. So that dog gets a, a gold star for survival. That's all I'm going to say. Because like this, this the- is why I like dogs more than I like people. Yeah, like wow, loyal to the end and then some, right? Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. yep. Yeah, that says a lot. He didn't even try and walk home or anything else. So he was reunited with his family and, uh, well, what's left of his family, should I say? And, um, yeah, no worse for wear after four months solid in the bush. Impressive. And and believe it or not, that's that's actually not that uncommon. Um, we had a missing, this was a few years ago, but it was a missing kid like six years old who disappeared and they they found the child with the dog. The dog wouldn't the dog wouldn't leave the kid's side and the kid was like three kilometers from home. And of course the problem being that the dog wouldn't let the first responders near the kid, but um, they, uh, yeah, they found him and the dog was like right there. Wasn't going anywhere. Again, I like dogs more than I like people for (laughs) stated reasons here and others. Yep. Uh, I've just got, a related article to something I discussed uh, probably a few episodes ago. Um, the Iceland volcano threat uh, continues to diminish every day that it doesn't erupt. Obviously, that makes sense. Um, it's still possible uh, that it's going to happen, but even if it does, they don't think that it's going to have the catastrophic effect on that village that uh, they thought it would have. I mean, the village has already suffered some significant damage, even though. The, um, the volcano never erupted. Just with all of the earthquakes and the seismic activity, parts of the town dropped like a foot. So it broke the water pipes. It broke the sewer pipes. It broke the... I don't know if they have gas down there, but I mean, it, it, it affected their water. It's affected their sewer. It's cracked the roads and stuff like that. But nobody's died, so that's a good thing. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm somewhat ha- selfishly happy about that, too, because uh, that town is about two kilometers away from the infamous Blue Lagoon, which is on my bucket list for places to visit. It's like giant set of hot springs out in the middle of nowhere. And right, I've heard gonna, of them, yep. It was going to blow that to smithereens if it had gone off, so I was like, yeah, I maybe got another year before I can, you know, maybe crank a visit in or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Anyways, but yeah, no, it's, it's nice to see that nobody, nobody's been hurt and no real property damage other than just the occasional foundation destruction. That's about it. You and your hot springs. God, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have, I have an article from what's about a week old now, I guess, but uh, one of my dear brothers in the Royal Canadian air force got caught for smuggling firearms into the country. Now I think this is fake news myself because I think that he's probably trying to replenish our military stock. Uh, maybe not quite as quickly as Trudeau was at, at bleeding them. But uh, he's working hard. He he should be given a medal for bravery, but I think he's probably going to get his pee thing whapped. <laughs> well, and up to about two years ago, he was probably not importing anything illegal. But, you know, thanks to clownish gun changes uh, to the laws there, or changes to the gun laws, it, uh, yeah, he's got some, some trouble heading his way. I mean, sadly, um, I think he bought them completely legally when he was based down in the States, but he was coming back. And uh, just, you know, try to sneak them in without declaring them. And that's where he ran into a foul of the law, I guess. But Oops. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's nothing yeah. sacred. Them guys are them guys are looking pretty careful anymore. Nobody nobody gets a free break. That's for sure. Yeah, which makes me wonder. Back in like World War II, Korea and these guys had all these bringbacks. Did they mm-hmm. declare them at the time, or did they just bring them back? God, I <laughs> don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been on trips back in my day when we we we'd uh, the plane would land in Edmonton or Goose Bay or wherever we happen to be coming back into and. Customs guy just walk on board and see you guys got nothing to declare, right? Okay, have a nice day. And that was it. They were gone. But uh, I think those days are sadly gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yep. Well, shall we move into what we've done uh, lately for preps? Actually, there was one one article I just it just remembered. I, I was going to add it and I forgot and then I should have added it. Anyways, I'm sure people sure. have heard the alleged... Uh, terrorist attack that happened at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls. Um, it uh, turned out to not be that, and I guess considering everything going on in the world, their response to it was not disproportional. Um, you know, they shut down all of the border crossings in Niagara area, so the Whirlpool Bridge, Peace Bridge, Rainbow Bridge. Um, can't remember what the fourth one is, but they shut them all down. Um, they were closed for, I don't know, five or six hours. Anyways, long story short, it appears or is, not appears, it is that it was a, a local um, family, husband, wife, middle-aged from Grand Island, New York. And um, yeah, I, I'm i kind of thinking that it's the possibility that it was maybe a suicide. I'm not, nobody's ever said it, but they were able to trace him back to a casino and then this happens and he um you know but just just the inf- the and this this goes to show i guess the information or lack of information or lack of i mean right off the bat you know first thing is it's a terrorist attack it's he well then it was maybe it was an accident it, anyways turns out and then they were while they were on the bridge but then they got sent to secondary and then they blew up and Turns out they were never on the bridge. They were never sent to secondary. They were on they were on a side road in Niagara and at a super high rate of speed hit the curb, uh, launched airborne and crashed into the um, the inspection station on the on the uh, the American side. So, anyways, just goes to show you how things can get blown up out. Of, excuse the pun, blown up out of proportion. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the interesting thing is nowadays, like as the internet is forever, I mean, uh, thanks to the, you know, Instagram and Snapchats and all that stuff, mm-hmm. these news media outlets are like, they, they were the first ones to go, you know, say the word terrorism and everything else. Then later on, when the you know the truth started coming out, they're like, well, we didn't say that. And everybody's like, here's a screenshot of what you actually yeah. said. You know, they're like, oh. <laughs> or even oh, better, okay. you, you haven't taken down what you said before already it's still up it's like the wayback machine's a thing and so yeah like all these news media's had egg on their face because they were like uh trying to chase after politicians for like standing up in a house and, of Congress. And it was and i don't know if anybody's seen it but it was hilarious that one of the uh reporters for a news agency that had to walk back their terrorist comments um tried to attack polyev for standing up in the uh in the house and saying it was a terrorist attack and he goes no i didn't say that i said the media have reported that and he said are you going to deny that your media outlet didn't report that uh well um uh, uh yeah 
Have a nice I mean, day. He just embarrassed him, and it was funny. I, I like how he. I, I I like him. I actually I actually do. He doesn't. I don't know if he would be a great prime minister, but he certainly uh, he certainly knows what he's doing when it comes to well, having he, to deal with the media. Like every politician, he's in the timeshare sales, uh, you know, stage of his his leadership, right? So you know, he's trying to sell you on him, and then once you once you buy in, then everything, all the terms and conditions will change. So, are you suggesting yeah. that all politicians are the same, Ian? Well, they're all terrible people. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could be a good person and be a politician at the same time. It's it's almost yeah. impossible. <laughs> Morally bankrupt sociopaths, generally. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so we'll move on to what we did for preps, since I'm first right. on the list. I put my snow tires on the truck, and I'll be explaining why in my um, my weather blurb there a bit. Uh, tested my generators, again, because of uh, the discussion I'm going to have. Uh, did some fuel rotation. I uh, did the uh, some yard cleanup from my fallen tree because I was sick and tired of waiting for the insurance company. Um, I inherited a free snowblower from my brother. Took me all of 15 minutes to get it running. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm two out of two with getting good work and stuff for next to nothing and a little bit of work and I've got it running. So, pretty so happy. So what you're saying is you didn't listen to the small engine repair episode. Who, him? Jeff Jeff yeah. did. His brother didn't. Yeah, Jeff did. His brother didn't. <laughs> he, w- he wouldn't have any idea anyways. If you put a wrench in his hand, he'd look at it and go, um, does it hook up to the internet? <laughs> yeah, it's got Bluetooth. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a smart wrench. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm done when those come out. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the second those come out. Yep. No, thanks. Yep, and I'm done. a techie guy. Uh, for myself got uh the nvis antenna permanently installed here now so uh i've been playing around some setups but uh finally bit the bullet ran more cable into the shack here and uh, have it all set up and good to go i still stand by my statement that lmr 400 is an absolute bear to work with but once it's in place it's good but my God, did it ever suck to run through the walls? I, I think I had forgotten how bad that it uh, it sucked before because I did it again, and yeah, it took a while. But it's all done. It's all set up, and it's operating, which is good. Uh, got out with Jeff and did some parks on the air activation, so that was uh, that was always good to be able to get out and do. And we got into Spain, so that was kind of neat on a little um, vertical antenna. Uh, repurposed a uh, tough book, um, one of those Panasonic tough books. It's a CF20, so it's a uh, laptop slash tablet. So got that uh, all repurposed for, wait for it, wait for it, ham radio work. Weird, right? That's strange for me. <laughs> I am blown away. Uh, I know, right? I, I don't think anybody ever saw that coming. But, so um, shocked. I know, weird. Uh, but it's uh, it's a fun little project to have that uh, available now for, for portable operations. Uh, and then I've just been battling the never-ending cold that my kids keep like to bring home from school slash daycare. It's been two weeks of why won't this stupid cough go away? And then it goes away, and then it comes back. It's been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, schools are basically giant disease factories anyway, right? Yep, they sure are. <laughs> but uh, what do you do? Yeah. Well, the good news is by the time it's all done, your immune system will be like built like a brick shit house you know type of thing so yeah or i'll just be sick again oh yeah one of the two (laughs) (laughs) well as for myself i took uh, advantage of black friday uh managed to buy myself some 
fishing rods and some uh, some tackle. And how's that for OPSEC? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, Cabela's had some uh, sales on projectiles for reloading. And, you know, while their sale price is still higher than their pre-COVID price, but whatever. It's best you're going to do nowadays. Uh, see here. I had to change the oil on the truck because it was overdue, and I had been ignoring it since I was commuting back and forth to work there in Ontario. Uh, minor maintenance issue fixed on that as well. If you can imagine this, when you hit a certain speed and RPM on the truck, it sounded like a skill saw was being like run against the side of it. And I was thinking fan issue, transmission issue, everything else. Turns out it was just the heat shield on the cat, like the catastrophic oh. there. <laughs> it was awesome. So, uh, yeah, $30 fix, basically. It was pretty amazing. I was expecting a much bigger bill. Um, winter tires on the Volvo. Why winter tires on the West Coast? Because I have a set for it, and I didn't know what else to do with it. So I'm putting winter tires on the Volvo, and it's not really necessary. But anyway, um, still warm enough to do some stock refinishing, uh, so which is good, because, I mean, there's still some of the old pieces of wood floating around around here that uh, are rotting away slowly but surely, so i got to uh, take care of that make sure you maintain what I have. And that's pretty much it. I've been pretty much working five out of seven days a week at least, not more. So, um, yeah, not a whole lot of time for preps lately. And you still have some stuff to fill in here. (laughs) Still, yeah. (laughs) It's like a similar theme on this end. It's been a lot of work, but uh, managed to sneak in a little bit of work on the truck. I got... uh, newer bigger snow tires installed and uh actually gave me an inch of lift so pretty good deal one of the cool kids now oh yeah everybody's been telling me you should get bigger rubber on that should get bigger rubber on that all right so i got bigger rubber on it and (laughs) yes it makes a big difference so there we go uh what else can i tell you i'm now working on installing some ditch lights uh, one of our members on the podcast, Darius, uh, had uh, recommended some uh, lights that he had good experiences with, so I picked up a set of those. But I like to do a clean install, so I'm also chasing down. I finally chased down a, a switch that'll pop right into the console there, and it'll all look nice and pro finish. So going to be uh, getting one last little bit for that. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do a video on this because there's a whole pile of people who are out there doing it already and are probably better at doing that kind of video than I. Um, but it's going to be good to have that done. Also lined up a little bit of meat for the freezer. Probably going to yield a little bit over a hundred pounds, so that's always nice to have a bit more meat in the freezer. And just a whole lot of work and a lot more work and just work, work, work. And I'm stealing that from Brad. There you go. Did you uh, tag a deer or something, or just uh, just you talking like uh, farmers? Ah, uh, uh, gotcha. Okay. Yes. And for me, well, I haven't done much this week. I've been sick as a dog. I I got laid up with something. It wasn't COVID. I tested a couple of times. I come back negative, but I was flat on my back for a couple of days. And while I was laying there in the couch, you know, feeling sorry for myself, I thought, you know, what the hell would a guy do if the zombie apocalypse ever happened, or if you had to bug out? When you were feeling this freaking shitty, like really, it would be no fun mm. at all. So that's that's my uh, that's my addition for this week. Yeah, I'd recommend a big overdose of drugs at that point. Like, uh, get some Sudafed, cough and cold, and you know, like again, yeah. that was during COVID. That was one of those things that got sold out, right? And so if you mm-hmm. can stack stack relatively deep with some uh, some 
decongestants or something. That's all you can do between that and caffeine and you're on your way. Yep. So much fun. It's yeah. a hard one, but yeah. <laughs> and Kleenex. Well, that's Kleenex. Kleenex is important too. Or in the middle of a food poisoning attack. Think of that one. But that's a topic probably for another video, another cast, <laughs> isn't it? It might be. I think it might be. Yeah, I've dealt with that. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, move into the main topic, shall we? So this evening we were looking at talking about winter preps, what you probably should have done a month or so ago to get ready, because uh, at least here, it's uh, the snow is flying tonight. Uh, but we want to just go over a quick checklist, get uh, everybody's mind, uh, if you're not already there, into what you should be looking at for winter preps and just discuss a few uh, a few things that you should be swapping around and changing out and setting your mind to. So it's not shocking. Snow is flying. I don't know about uh, where Ian is. It only rains there, right, Ian? You don't get snow. Occasionally, but it's actually a bit of an urban myth, I got to say, because I, I was sold on that by the real estate agent when I came here. He was like, we've never had a full day below zero in the last 98 years. And he said with a straight face, I was like, oh, sweet. And then, yeah, he's lying completely. And so, yeah, when it does snow, it's, when it snows, when it does snow, it's so bad. It's the wet, heavy stuff. And we can't get up and down the driveway for like three weeks. And so, yeah, when it does come, it's, it's a big deal. Fair enough. Well, I figured we'd start out, uh, maybe with just some, uh, EDC stuff. So I know everybody has, has some things that they carry around and you should carry it around year round, snow, rain, sunny, whatever. It doesn't matter. But a few things usually come in handy, uh, more in the winter time versus carrying it around in the summer where you're not really going to need it because it's not going to help you much. Um, uh, usually throw in some of those hot pods, those little uh, packs that you can break open that mix in with oxygen and they warm up. Those are nice to carry around in the winter just in case you got to kind of warm up. It's not going to really help you in the summer, but wintertime, it's nice little heat up. And they also double as a food food preservation uh, tool. This is right? true. This is true. Yeah, you could just pop them in your can and away you go. Yeah, yep. so dual purpose. Or your, or your Mylar bag. Yeah, Great That's to true. keep in yep. a first aid kit as well. People yep. who are uh, out in exposure, the greatest things you can do is stick some of those under their armpits. It's a good For way shock. to get the, yep. heat, get the heat going. Exactly. Uh, extra gloves and hats. Again, always nice to have. Nothing worse than uh, than having a hat or gloves that are soaking wet. You got an extra set uh, in your vehicle or wherever you, you tend to travel with or whatever you tend to travel with most, uh, most often or in your backpack. Like goes with you everywhere, just an extra set. Always good to have boots. Nice to have an extra set if you can carry them, but not always easy to carry around. That kind of depends on your mode of transport, right? And kind of what you what you have available to you. But if you can carry an extra set of boots, great to swap in about now because you might need them at some point. Uh, mini shovel. Usually I like to carry something like that around in my vehicle all the time. But, um, you know, if you, if you got to move stuff around, you only have space for it, uh, at certain times, toss that in uh, a vehicle or something that's usually handy to have. Um, some ice melt or something to, uh, you know, help you get out of a, a slippery situation. <laughs> so if you're stuck somewhere, uh, again, this kind of builds in the, in the vehicles more than, than anything else, but handy to have. And uh, yeah, snow brush. Because <laughs> I went looking for mine today, couldn't find it, so I put it on the list. <laughs> uh, me too, actually. I was actually kind of laughing because we had a frosty car this morning, and I was like, you know, I had one in Ontario. I know I did. And I drove mm -hmm. it back and I haven't 
haven't changed out that stuff and it's missing. So I don't know, maybe the kids ate it or something, but um, actually like any, all that stuff you mentioned is a really good point because uh, the fact is like, you know, we all want to dress for the weather and everything else, but occasionally if you're in, you know, fancy schmancy work clothes or you're coming home mm-hmm. from the furry convention, like Eric does, you know, uh, hey, like, you know hey, we don't kink shame around here, Ian. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm just saying, just saying sometimes you're not dressed appropriately. So, I mean, like, you know, so if you have all that yeah, stuff those, in the car, those costumes are pretty warm. Yeah, well, you can put on the boots still, keep those <laughs> those furry paws from getting waterlogged and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, no, it's true. Like, I mean, uh, you know, you might already have a toucan, but yeah, if it gets soft and wet, get a fresh one. That's yep. wool or whatever. Um, that's huge because uh, there's nothing worse than being stuck by the side of the road and not having something to change a tire clothing-wise. It's yep. ridiculous. It's a bad scene. Yeah, one of the, It uh, just one makes of the a miserable situation could... worse. Go ahead, Jeff. One of, the, one of the other things you could throw in there, a lot of a lot of people do it, and it's uh, great for traction. Is uh, a, a bag of kitty litter. Mm-hmm. You're you're on the ice or something. You're you're, you're in snow. You get stuck. Um, yeah, that, that stuff actually works works fairly well. Yep, incredibly well. I've used it a few times to get out. Just the driveway here, because we happen to have a stupid cat. But that's a story <laughs> for another podcast. <laughs> When I was driving a rear-wheel drive, and we're talking the fresh stuff, folks, not the used stuff. Just let's be clear. <laughs> yes, let's be clear. <laughs> well, well, unless you're just helping too, someone too, out you don't necessarily like, you know, then well, just too clumpy, oh, then, right? Yeah, true, I suppose. I suppose. If if you use the box format, um, they, it takes up very little space in the back of the truck. And you've got great ballast back there and put that right over the axle or hang it up a little behind the axle, in fact, so that you've got a little bit more leverage and weight over that. Man, you're rocking. Yeah, and a box of that stuff's usually pretty heavy too. So it helps out. Great ballast. I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You could also uh, check out just your usual everyday carry that. Uh, you may have in a vehicle or not. I usually use the seasons to, uh, to kind of go through my stuff and just double check everything's intact and still there <laughs> first off and in good shape. So uh, example, I always carry a blanket, especially in the work car, because I'm usually traveling in that more often than uh, than not. Uh, but it's good to just take that out, check it out, make sure maybe a mouse or something hasn't chomped on it because that would really ruin things if uh, you thought, ah, I'm stuck. I've got my blanket pull it out and it's full of mouse holes and mouse poop and who knows what else. So it was good to check that out and and double check, you know, uh, take a moment to just check out. I'm pretty sure everybody on the panel here and most people listening, carry a pocket knife of some sort on them. Now's the time to maybe sharpen it, make sure it's good to go. Each season I check mine just to make sure, uh, any fluids in any of your backpacks or kits or anything that you carry around and might leave sitting in a vehicle? Might want to double check and just make sure that uh, it comes inside with you. Well, especially the drinking water that we were recommending people bring too, right? I think uh, right. the the foil covered like um, ship or nautical kind of water packs mm-hmm. they have enough room to expand and contract with freezing, but I think most of them don't. Yep. Like a bottle of water will crack, of course. And yep. But, what I do that with one the water, gets... uh, uh, what I do with the water I carry in the truck in the water jugs that I refill all the time, I uh, make sure before winter time that they are decreased by at least a third. So I've got at least a third uh, of air space at the top of the bottle, and then it can freeze thaw, freeze thaw, and I'm not going to worry about it exploding or cracking. There's plenty of room in there. 
and I can still use this water. If I am marooned somewhere, all I got to do is warm it up, have a fire going. And I always have fire making gear with me in the truck. So uh, that's a big one in the winter time. Um, yeah. is, is having the ability to somehow get water because getting thawed good water is nasty work if you're working with snow. So let's just leave it at that. That's another show, isn't it? Paul <laughs> <laughs> in the, uh, the live chat's got a good point too. I didn't even consider this. Uh, first aid items freeze, such as uh, hemostatic dressings, heat packs, that kind of stuff. Mm. Didn't even think about that. That's a great point. Is that like the Israeli bandage type of thing? Uh, the ones that um, have like the quick clot impregnated in them, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So didn't even think about that because I carry all that kind of stuff in uh, in the vehicle with me. So. Well, yeah, and the, I guess the cool pack too, right? Like the the, the anti burn stuff, and yep. there's the, even the afterbite and all that other stuff. Yeah, I never even thought about all that. That's a great point. Let's see what else we got here. So uh, around the house, uh, some stuff you can look at. Are your eaves troughs cleared and functioning? Because when that snow melts, that water's got to go somewhere. And, and uh, the, every, the, big, the big thing with that is if your eave troughs are not clear, you run the uh, a very good risk of, of an ice dam. The ice will back mm -hmm. up onto your roof. It'll get under your shingles and it'll leak. And then you're in a, an even bigger mess. Ice dams cause a lot of damage. And a lot yep. of people don't pay attention to that and don't make sure their eave troughs, even, you know, in the middle of winter, if you notice your eave troughs are full, get one of those, uh, I, I have them, the, the roof melting cables, and I use that to uh, to melt out my eave trough so I don't get ice damming. That's a good point. That's smart. Yep. Well, if you've got anything on your property that needs to be covered up and you haven't already done it, now would probably be the time. Like I said, snow's already flying, so um, things like air conditioning units, that kind of stuff, anything else that you leave out over the winter that uh, needs to be covered up, go cover it up. Can't procrastinate anymore. Um, I like to mark out my driveway for snow removal. I don't know if that's really a prep, but it's nice to kind of figure out where you're going to uh, clear snow because it covers everything up and then you kind of forget where the driveway is. So those are kind of handy. Um, speaking of that, snow blowers, all that kind of stuff, ready to, ready to go. Um, your shovels, are they in good shape or are they need to be replaced? That kind of stuff. Uh, but definitely get the snowblower ready uh, if you haven't already. Oil change, gas top up, all that kind of good stuff. Um, <laughs> I think we've kind of peed this one quite a bit, but here we are again. Uh, generator, is it ready to go? It's interesting how we've mentioned that over the last couple of episodes. It's actually dedicated an episode to uh, backup power just recently. It's almost like power outages are a thing more so in the wintertime, or more of a concern anyways. More critical for sure, uh, but also, I mean, if there's water in the gas line, it's gonna be a bigger issue if it gets below zero, right? So, I mean, yep. like, that's where you're test running and and draining the gas, or at least uh, if you have a if you have a uh, low point where you can actually drain the gas and just check for water and stuff. It's like yep. it's one of those things where like now is a good time to do it before it freezes solid. It's a good point. I didn't even think about gas in the lines. Yep, or gas in the lines. You want gas in the lines? Water in the lines. Yep. Uh, speaking of fuel, uh, is your storage, your fuel storage ready to go? Have you rotated it recently? Is it, uh, is it older or if you've, uh, if it's been sitting all summer, uh, it's probably time to swap it out now. So you've got a good, uh, good stock replenished for the winter time. 
That way, if uh, if you do need to run that generator, you're not putting garbage fuel into it. If uh, if you do have to run it, you've got fresh stuff that's uh, ready to go. Uh, Jeff can probably attest to this one, but firewood stacked and easily accessible. That's uh, that's a good one to have as well. And uh, you know, test your space heaters. You might need them, especially if that generator is running and uh, you don't have enough power to run a furnace or something in the house, but uh, you've got some space heaters. Test them out. Make sure they're working. Uh, we've touched a little bit on vehicles, but uh, tires, I think everybody's kind of mentioned swapping tires out yeah, to winter tires. You can curse and swear. If you think you don't need them, that's fine. But if you got them, put them on. Uh, antifreeze. Just make sure that that uh, is uh, at the appropriate level for whatever temperature you tend to hit. Again, I don't think it matters. Ian, you could probably run, run water through years and be fine for all winter. But uh, some places in Canada, you need a little bit better. Shockingly, no, we still gotta <laughs> still gotta run it. I don't and know, it's still I, got a load of Ontario special green stuff that I still have in there from when I drove back. Oh, so wow, okay, good, good, good. Uh washer fluid, top up on that stuff, be ready to go. Because uh yep, it's that season again where you yeah. hit the road and it's empty. And so. ditch ditch the summer formula for the winter too. Right. Yep. I'm in that time zone now where I still have a little bit of that bug stuff mm -hmm. left in there and it was freezing up this week. So I'm going to flush that out with some fresh stuff. That's the way to deal with that. I just run the winter stuff all year. <laughs> there <laughs> you I, go. Smarter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and no. You probably have very less bugs than I do on my windshield. but <laughs> uh, wherever I go, but that is another one. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Uh, waiver blades, another one to check on the vehicles, make sure they're, uh, they're good to go because, uh, you can have all the washer fluid in the world. If your wiper blades aren't working, it ain't going to help you. That's pretty so much I'll, what I'll, I have. I'll throw a couple other things in there, uh, around the vehicles, um, your battery, your car battery, <laughs> make sure your battery is in decent shape. If it's uh, a little bit weak or you yeah, like you notice it is a bit weak change it out. Uh, very cold temperatures obviously uh, don't work well with batteries. So if it's weak now, it's not going to, uh, it's not going to be any good to you when it's minus 30. So make sure your batteries are in good shape. Um, I said the same thing, windshield wipers. Um, I carry a full change of clothing in my, my truck. So as Eric said, hat, gloves, boots, pair of kind of woolly-ish track pants, you know, something warm, sweatshirt. Um, I've got all that stuff. Uh, snacks, extra fuel. If you can carry extra fuel in a safe place, not inside your vehicle, uh, let's be clear about that. Um, probably wouldn't hurt to do so. And speaking of fuel for your vehicle, keep your tank relatively full. Uh, there's, there's several reasons around that, but the big one for me basically is you never know when you're going to get stranded or stuck in traffic. And, you know, that's, that's for me is a massive hang up with um, electric vehicles is, I mean, gas, you can push it to a gas station or somebody may have gas. You got an electric vehicle and you're stuck sitting on a, on a highway for, for five hours in traffic and it goes dead. You're pooched. Um, Wasn't that two years ago, they had a bunch of cars stuck on uh, Holland Marsh there on highway 400 that uh, all kind of, Spent the night yep. there. Yep. More, That's yeah, more, or less more than once. Yep. More than once. Yep. It's happened, happened more than once. Ouch. Um, yeah. So uh, same thing. Uh, Eric mentioned it, but on your house, um, check your exterior. You know, it's been over the summer. 
who knows what may have happened. Check for any damage, cracks, um, things that could let cold air in, warm air out. Make sure your windows and door seals are in good shape. Again, we mentioned eave troughs are clear. Uh, it's nice to have some kind of a backup heating source that doesn't require electricity. So something along the line of a buddy heater, we've talked about those. A wood stove. Um, some Somebody I, I knew in another, another chat, um, I had never thought of this or even heard of this, and but they said that there are bunk heaters that a lot of transports and big trucks and that use. Um, obviously, they're not going to warm a house, but in a life or death situation, they could keep a, a room warm. And apparently, all you need is a, a little bit of diesel fuel and a 12-volt battery. So um, I would I would look into that. Um, flares, if you've got them, they're 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 always nice to have, or some sort of a of a signaling device to say, hey, I'm broken down, especially if your battery's dead, you have no lights, um, you know, make sure your your snow removal equipment's in good working order. Um, keep an eye on the amount of snow that may be accumulating on your roof. We talked about that. I mentioned that with the eave trough thing um, and have it removed if it starts to build up. Um, snow is incredibly heavy. And when it gets wet, it's even heavier. And I know when Buffalo had that uh, major uh, lake effect snow situation, I'm thinking three or four years ago, um, they they had several house collapses because people couldn't get the snow off the house before it got warm enough. And the thousands and thousands and thousands of extra pounds collapsed their, their roofs in. So, um, so we... We have a solution for the electric car problem. Jared in the live chat mentions, just keep a generator in the trunk of that electric car. <laughs> well, that would work too. Yeah, I guess. There we go. We're making a gas-powered car vicariously. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Phil brings up a good point too about the uh, the high-vis vest, which I don't yes. think we've ever mentioned before. But uh, road flares are one thing for sure. Um, I've actually gone away from road flares because A, they're expensive, and B, they only last, what, 20 minutes stops type of thing. Whereas you get a, a good solid uh, bright light that has a strobe fe feature or some sort of like a, a flashing feature. Yep. Um, battery will last a lot, last a lot longer and less of a fire hazard in your car, especially if you have like, you know, volatiles in the, in the back, in the back of the truck or whatever too. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I still have some road flares floating around, but I'd actually just prefer to use a strobe, but the high vis vest is a really good idea. Uh, Huge. Sure. Huge, great idea. Yep, never so you even... don't get pegged by passerbys that refuse to stop and help Toronto stop. Or, or if you do get pegged, you're easier to find. Yeah, true. <laughs> find your carcass more easily. Yeah. <laughs> the the vehicle yeah. thing is, is definitely worth picking up on here because we're in Canada. We have really far distances that we go to go to work, to go see our families. And um, we're especially vulnerable to weather in our vehicles when things fail. Um, I see this all the time in my line of work. And so everything that everybody here has mentioned about vehicles so far is dead spot on. Do your tire checks. Please check your tire pressures, folks. Uh, so many problems occurs because your tire pressure is incorrect. Even if you've got snows on, you've got to check those tire pressures. That's batteries. Great. I get a lot of calls because of batteries. Your booster packs are no good if they're as cold as your battery. Keep them inside those booster packs. That's the biggest tip that I can recommend. And don't buy a cheap one. 
if it's under a hundred dollars it's not a booster pack it's it's an auxiliary light for you to charge your cell phone that's all it is <laughs> um so spend the money the noco seem to have good reviews overall i think we're all using those too aren't we yeah. They're fantastic. I've had my NoCo for years and has yet to fail me. NoCo is a good brand. The shops even use them. So if, if that's what the shops are using, that's a clue. Would have bet. Yeah, that's a, a clue. clue. <laughs> um, reflective cones. Mm. People don't even bother looking up anymore, but those reflective cones seem to get those grab their attention. Them. Yep. Right? Because they're like, oh my God, I'm going to damage my car. There's construction coming, right? Not even so, that, just ah, cone, you can put yeah, a cone, cone. yeah. So, yeah. don't know what it is, back, right? Nope. Anything happens to your car out there, just use those cones, man. Put them out there, make yourself visible. Um, yep. gosh, there's so much we could do an entire spin off just on the vehicle thing. <laughs> um, I think we have in the past, we have, yeah, I think right? a couple times, yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, again, high calorie yeah. snacks. I mean, go to Costco, yeah. grab a bad bag full of cliff or like a box full of cliff bars, just throw them in the yeah. back till, till springtime. Yeah, they'll, they, they won't go bad. Nope. <laughs> they, they will in summer, let me tell you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's not good in summer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're okay in the winter. Yep. Yeah. So just just quick back to what you talked about, the reflective vest. So this is my this is my winter jacket that I put in, that's in my truck. This is my winter. So it's highly reflective, goes everywhere I go when I'm in my vehicle. And that's my, and it's incredibly warm. Um, and I'm, I apparently glow like a glow stick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just not going to make any comments on that. Jeff. Nope. Don't. Nope. 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 nope <laughs> Cause I know you and don't. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I could cycle back to, uh, to my list for a second here, I skipped over, um, just a section on refreshing your knowledge as well. Uh, just, um, specific cold elements that you're going to run across like hypothermia right? Something you're going to see probably more often in the wintertime, not to say it can't happen in the summer or the spring or the fall, et cetera, but you're probably going to come across as more often in the wintertime. Uh, I don't know. We've got wood burning appliances and that kind of stuff going on. So carbon monoxide, anyone? Alan, Alan, no. <laughs> he didn't say it three times. So he didn't show up. Oh, so. right. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Next actually, episode. well, I mean, we did just pass the the uh, daylight savings time change, which was the time to change them out, right? And hopefully, Correct. that is one thing. But even around the house, like I have a uh, house powered, like it's, it's on the house grid, so to speak. I have a propane gas detector for propane leaks because uh, of the gas yeah. stove and stuff. So I mean, yeah, it just never hurts to make sure that they're still functioning and everything else. And Gary um, <laughs> mentions that the uh, the cliff bars will give the blanket mouse something to eat. <laughs> It's true. So, that is true. And well, he'll, yeah. he'll be diverted away from the blanket that way, at least. Mm -hmm. so. Can you tell that maybe I've had a blanket chewed in the past? Yeah. <laughs> um, ice safety. Another thing that, uh, you know, you don't have to deal with uh, in the summer, obviously, but uh, as the winter comes around, a lot of people like to venture out on the ice and either skidoo or ice fish or skate, all that kind of stuff. Just take a second to remind yourself, you know, what is safe and what's not. I know no ice is safe ice, but you know, just remind yourself what you can actually go out and, and utilize uh, fairly safely versus what you probably shouldn't be uh, on. And, and don't be in a rush to get out there right off the hop. There's a lot of people like to just run out as soon as it looks like the ice, <laughs> the lakes are iced over, but they're not quite safe to be on yet. Um, and then uh, the fun uh, one, go for it, Jeff. One of the, the great, the great contacts for, for that kind of information is your local ice hut operator. 
Yep, exactly. No, they're, they're, they're not going to put their, their huts out there and rent them out to people and have them going through or maybe even your, your local snowmobile club. They're not going to put their, they're not going to put their trail across the lake till they know that somebody's not going to go swimming because they're going to yep. be uh, in for a liability issue. So, you know, th- those are some good, good things to reach out to and, and get some information from. Well, you never want to be the, the first guy on the ice, the last guy on the ice. Yep. <laughs> Some, somewhere in the middle is usually good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the fun one here, uh, take your car out after after the first snow or two, find a parking lot and just drive it around a little bit, test the brakes, t- remind yourself what it's like to slide a little bit in the car because it's fun. <laughs> and you're going to end up sliding for sure at some point in the snow. So doing it in more of a controlled environment to remind yourself what that's like avoids you uh, ending up in the ditch, hopefully. So, and to add that. to that, try it with or without traction control because there's a difference. Ah, there is. And there yes. are situations where turning off the traction control is to your major advantage. Traction control can sometimes freak out when there's too much slippage and that doesn't help you if it just shuts you down while you're trying to actually get out so remember to play with both there know how to use your vehicle and the best way to do that like eric said is you go out there and do it have some fun you know go out there get a get a coffee or a warm drink and uh go out and play when you've got a good six inches of snow on the ground it's a great time to do that that's well, also when you'll find out if you have a low ground clearance problem. <laughs> well, it also gives you a false sense of security, right? It's like, oh, I've got winter tires and traction control. I'm invincible. I'm and yep. Yeah, it's like, no, it's not really the case. But it's not, it's not how that works. Yeah. So we'll, we'll flip back to the shovel part. You know, ground clearance, if you don't have adequate of enough, you better have a good little shovel because yep. you'll be using it often. Yeah, but. And Phil in the live chat mentions what's something I never thought of that I actually do have in my uh, the box in the back of my truck is a is a set of toe straps. Oh yes, I yes I have all kinds of rigging for that in the back of my pickup as we talked about in in my vehicle EDC, but um, that's a big one. Recovery gear, a lot of calls for service can be done away with if you've got a couple of good toe straps or recovery straps. Um, Really good ones are those fancy new uh, style ones that um, they're actually designed to give a shock to your car and help snap it out of that uh, heavy stuff that it's stuck into. Um, and those are pretty good too. Not cheap, but if uh, you're in an area where a lot of this occurs, might not be a bad thing to do. Gary's got a good tip in the live chat there to never use a chain to recover. Yeah. Point. Yep. Yeah, that can turn very deadly very quickly. It can get ugly. It's better to use those on the end of a winch, um, but I wouldn't use it for any kind of dynamic recovery at all, period, end of story. (laughs) Well, you can use them once. Well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, use them again after that. (laughs) This is true. Yeah, kinetic straps, that's the official term for them. Yes. Uh, yeah, those are pretty good. Now you can use the strap type um, a certain amount of times before they fatigue. Yep. So don't go and make a business out of you know getting people out with your strap. Um, 
you know, after about 10 uses, you can consider that strap probably done if it's a strap type. If it's a recovery rope, that's a different story. That, if it's the right kind, man, you can get 20, 30 uses or more out of them and keep going and trucking. So, yeah, recovery ropes, toe straps, know the difference, but definitely have something on hand. What else? I'm trying to think back of everything I have in my vehicle that I take for granted that it's always there. <laughs> so, it, is, <laughs> it is a good point to just have a way to help yourself get out of out of dodge, basically, because chances are you might be able to to call for help and get some assistance from a tow truck, etc. But if you're out in the middle of nowhere or you're in more of a uh, you know should hit the fan type of scenario, mm-hmm. maybe help's not coming you're going to want a, a way to, to get yourself out of Dodge and, and carry on. So it's, it's nice to have that kind of equipment in the, in your vehicle and know how to use it. Weird. Or, or what's super likely is that not only are you stuck in that situation, but a whole pile of other people are stuck in that same situation as you in your area. Mm-hmm. All the truckers and all the service people are all busy. And so your wait time is three hours. Right. So three hours goes a it's a long time in the cold, man. It's better. Oh, yes. If, it's better if you've got a way to get yourself out. Mm-hmm. Plus you stay warm at the same time. You might even sweat a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that thing. Right. You might sweat. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, recovering yourself out, out of the snow is, is a big deal. Um, a lot of areas in Canada, when you get a snow dump, you can't see once the snow is coming down. And so you might be in a ditch and people could be going by you and they don't even know you're there. Yep. Right. So getting yourself out into safety and if you can even get recovery, man, you're off to the races. Um, yeah, that's, it's this, a big deal. And this is where having your snacks packed in your vehicle and having your change of clothes and everything else just all comes into play because you're going to get hungry from all the work. You're going to get sweaty from all the work. You can possibly change and have a snack and be comfortable. It makes a big difference. It's, it's actually not only are you going to be sweating from the heavy work in the recovery, but you're physically like, so you've got an adrenaline dump because you're Mm -hmm. busy trying to work out a serious physics problem you know, a, a two and a half to a four ton object, at least that you're moving and you got to do it safely. So you're not crushing yourself or your friends or your family. Um, you don't want to get crushed by other cars. Um, you know, if you're lucky, you've got law enforcement behind you with their big flashers so that everybody sees most people wake up when they see a, a, a police car on the highway or on the streets that, Oh, geez, you know, I'm, I'm not going to crash into that. Hopefully. Um, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that, but. <laughs> Oh yeah. That's why there's cones. It's amazing. Yes. It's amazing what people don't see. It's right in front of them. Um, so yeah, the, the best you can do is to not get into that situation at all, but knowing what weather is, um, and what things are like when lots of people are together with vehicles. And we talk a lot about vehicles here in the country, because again, we go long distances and it's darn cold. It's not a civilized place to go more than five kilometers in the winter time without a vehicle. I think. I think five kilometers is about the limit of what's reasonable to walk to work in the winter time. What do you guys think? Probably agree with that. Yeah. Most people right there. Yeah. 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 
just throwing that out there for anybody who wants an arbitrary number. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the internet now. It's got to be true. Yeah, if that's something true. you need there, you know, because 2K, <laughs> you can walk pretty quickly. 5K, it's okay. I'm, I'm kind of done after 5K. It's just a walk to go somewhere. If it's, stop uh, for my Timmy's, eh? Yeah, just to go for a Timmy's. Yeah. 5K is a bit far. <laughs> 2K, no problem. <laughs> hey, Terry, what do you got? I think, no, did anybody cover those little uh, clip-on uh, traction aids you can put in your boots? No. I usually, oh, keep, I usually keep a couple yes. of pairs of those under my seat, yeah. just in case, you know, you do have to get out and walk in the ice, because um, they can be kind of handy. Um, well, there's there's dollar store versions of those, but there's actually decent ones at Costco right now. Too. Yeah, I mean decent ones. Yeah, I don't want the dollar store ones. <laughs> yeah, that's you know just that's just when it's going to give up is when you when you really need the damn thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, some good ones are worth the investment. That's, that's I always a keep good a point. couple of pairs in there. I usually keep a, a fold up saw in my back seat as well, just in case you need it. Chainsaw on the back end, but you know mm -hmm. you never know when you live out in the country. It's not uncommon to come home and find a tree block in your way, so it's a good idea if you, yeah. if you, uh, you know, if you like that, to have a have a chainsaw or, or, uh, or at least a handsaw, or on your roof, yeah, or on your roof, or or, or worse. <laughs> uh, that else, what else did I forget? You know, it's not a bad idea to carry some gas line antifreeze around with you. Mm -hmm. I know. You just sometimes you don't know when you're going to pick up a bad dose of gas somewhere, and then your vehicle starts to run shitty. And uh, then you're scrambling around trying to put something in it before it freezes up and quits completely. So if you got a few bottles of it, you know, tucked underneath your back seat, and you can pull them out and dump them in your tank if you uh, if you find really it running crappy. Yeah, because that happens. People do get a bad dose of gas once in a while. We really want to set than, uh, Alan off. We could mention lock the icer too. Oh yeah, maybe now he'll show us. I was just going to mention that with the caveat that don't leave it inside your car. Well, mm. like put it somewhere. Yeah. It's not doing you any good inside your car when your doors are frozen. Well, that's true. That's well, like it didn't work. Track. <laughs> Mentioned carbon monoxide twice and locked the icer once, and he's still not here. Nothing. We tried. We tried. We brought out all the good stuff, and he's still not here. Yeah, we got the full bat signal going, and it didn't go. <laughs> well, no, I think I think that's all I got. I think you guys covered just about everything else. There we go. Well, Eric's list was pretty exhaustive. It was a uh, it was a good all around list. Wouldn't be able to add much more to anything we've got here unless we had to really talk about serious. You're on your own again, uh, kind of stuff. In which case, <clears throat> it's not a bad idea to have a good jack in the car. I can go higher than you normally expect to in the summertime because in wintertime everything's point. more complicated with the snow. You know, you've got more weight. Uh, you've got, sorry, uh, you've got to worry a bit more about weight distribution over snow and ice. That's a big deal when you're trying to work with your car. Um, I can't add much more than, than all this without right. rambling. So <laughs> Phil's got a great point in the live chat. If you have to leave your vehicle and walk, have a pull sled. That's usually in my great truck point. as well. Great yeah. point. Okay. Called a toboggan in Canada. Come on now. <laughs> this let's is true. Let's, let's be real. It's good because you can actually push it, and that's way more effective. That's mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was kind of joking when I wrote it down, but uh, my West Coast D bag says I got to don my raincoat. Winter prep's done. Mic drop. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, actually, from a, a winter perspective, it's actually. I've been colder in rainstorms than I have in, in snowstorms. I mean, because that stuff will soak right yeah. through to your bones, right? So, yeah. in all seriousness, uh, a warm layer is one thing, but keeping it dry is another. So, yep. yeah, just obviously, on if you're like west of the Rockies, uh, yeah, uh, hypothermia can happen just as fast in a rainstorm as anything else. So, yeah, Great point. Uh, wetness appropriate stuff uh, for the winter time. For me, it's actually kind of funny because I go away for days on end, and so little things unplug your hoses so if there's a cold snap while you're gone whatever uh i joked about finding my ice scraper but yeah no it, it's still needed out here um i'm off grid for a lot of my chicken coops so when it comes yeah. to, you know summertime we have to keep all the windows open and have the air vents open and everything else so they don't overheat but in the winter time of course i gotta close them all up and put like um clear plastic glass on the on the windows and everything else because now i gotta rely on the animal's body heat to keep them warm in their coops or else they freeze to death <laughs> even if it's only minus two minus three that that's enough right because they're tropical birds like chickens are actually asian jungle fowl you know with a little bit of evolution and selective breeding thrown in right so they're actually not used to cold weather there's actually only one cold weather breed in in the world that's uh one in quebec and um but yeah like there's, of course it's in quebec yeah well it was bred over 300 years thanks to the uh, the, the og uh, french settlers they they yeah. created what they call the chanticleer which is actually like a furry-footed ptarmigan looking chicken but the rest of them they kind of suck in cold weather they really do so <laughs> um so yeah like there's actually uh there's some you know considerations for the animals then too right so now you gotta worry about keeping the you know the waters from freezing if you don't have electricity and everything else um yeah i joke about the winter tires but yeah i guess below seven degrees even it's it's still there i guess they're theoretically more effective if you have them use them i'm not a big believer in them but i just happen to have a set for the one car so i'll just throw them on there for now um, but yeah, the, the big thing for me was the, the wet weather more than anything else. Cause it, it does come into play for sure. And then yeah. of course, when snow happens on, on steep hillsides, which they, of course they don't really design for snowfall. They just, uh, it all takes is a centimeter of snow and everybody goes racing for the digits. Right. So <laughs> that's where all that recovery gear comes this into play. This is true. Yep. Yeah. Cause like, if you ever seen uh, even like straight level Vancouver in a snowstorm, and it's hilarious to see how many vehicles are in the ditch. Because these people, for the one or two days of the year where there's actually snow on the roads, they have no idea how to deal with it. Um, so you're saying they didn't listen to the podcast and go to a parking lot and practice? Not at all. And and I'm not being that guy. I'm just serious. But some of them, it may be their first snow they've ever seen. Um, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. you know, yeah. they live in a warm climate. They're new to town. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, the first snowstorm happens and boom, they're in the ditch. And yeah, now they... They hopefully are listening to the podcast by now. So <laughs> anyway, but uh, no, I didn't really have much else to add for the West Coast stuff. So yeah, very good. Well, you did brought up an interesting point, and here in in the Ottawa Valley, what's interesting is we're at this time of the year where it will freeze and thaw, and freeze and thaw, and the weather does the same thing. It'll snow, it'll sleet, it'll rain, and then it'll freeze and you'll get a lot of those cycles. And so you have to almost be ready for all of the weather during this time of the year. Unfortunately, it's uh, and the wet is just harder on the body and the mind when it's cold. That is for certain. I prefer snow uh, at this time of the year than anything that, that rain can really make things miserable. So 
prep all your gear accordingly because being stuck in the cold and the rain is no good. It's not safe. People don't think clearly and they do stupid things in this kind of weather. So anything you can do to be ready and ahead, like we've all mentioned on this show so far, I think uh, is going to keep you out of trouble and out of that wet and cold. It's a great point. It is that fun time of year. Oh yeah. Well, humidity goes up in, in the atmosphere. It's it going to affect the cold or the hot more. Right. So it's just, when it's that you know, slushy weather, it's just disgusting. So yep, it's part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we uh, move into the podcast challenge? If nobody else has anything uh, last second to add, yeah, for sure. So uh, let's do at least three things to prevent damage by freezing temps uh, around the house or in your vehicle, and also put three things in your vehicle for winter. Let us know what you did. Awesome. All right. We've got some upcoming events, and it's an exciting one. We'll uh, let Terry let us know what's going on. Okay, so the dates and location have been set for the tenth annual annual or the the tenth the tenth anniversary of the annual preppers meet, and uh, it's all set. So mark your calendars for July eleventh to fourteenth, twenty twenty four, and the venue for this year's event is going to take place at something called the Frontier Ghost Town, which sounds kind of cool, right? There's oh, yeah. uh, some neat old buildings here. It's like an old Wild West town, and uh, it's, I think it's going to be a really neat venue. They're on 100 acres, and uh, so they're located at uh, 503-186 Gray Road 12 in West Gray, Ontario. And uh, for updates on that, just keep an eye on our Facebook page, Annual Preppers Meet Facebook page, and uh, we'll get more information about when tickets are available and so on and so on and so on. Uh, the cool so thing about this year is, is you can camp on site. Like other years, we had to camp off-site, but this year, or, or so if you had an RV, that is, you had to camp off-site. So this year, you'll be able to keep your vehicle and camp on-site, so it should be really good. And we're looking for a big turnout, so come, come, everybody come. There's a hundred acres to fill. Sorry? What about us hammockers? Oh, you can hammock there, too. There's lots, uh, There should be some trees, I hope. I haven't got that, because there are a few hammockers in the group. I, only really I don't know how you two. guys do it. I'm going to tell you. I don't know how you do it. Right. <laughs> two, two hammocks or two trees? Two trees. <laughs> two trees. Yeah, that's a good question. It never was any problem in the place we had before. But uh, yeah. this one, I'm not I'm not sure because I haven't been there yet. I haven't seen yeah, it. There, there were plenty of trees at the last spot. Plenty of trees. We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to find out the answer to that one for you. I'm hoping you're going to come. Oh, I'm going to put it on my calendar. I, I plan on coming. I, this is a big one for me. I want to see this. So yeah, I, I cannot say uh, more than enough good things about uh, the annual preppers meet. It's an absolute blast. So um, if you haven't been before, you got to get out and check it out. Gotta um, yeah, It sounds like it's oh, going to yeah. be even better at this new location. Not that it wasn't uh, great at the old locations. Mm-hmm. But it was getting a little tight for space. And yeah, it was getting, it was, it was getting tight. And yeah. it was, Which was so awesome nice to, to see. Your vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, on, on hand where you can yeah. keep your keep your gear in your vehicle, and you don't have to have it spread out, yep. transported back and forth by ATV and cart like we did before. So this, this should be should be a good thing, I think. But there, there was a little bit of a, a prepper feel though to not having the vehicle and having to figure yes. out how to get your stuff around without it. Yes. Yes. Right? So you had to uh, you had to do the die hard there. There's no yep. doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's a great event. Uh, if uh, if you haven't set the dates aside yet, uh, make sure you do because it's uh, yeah, it's a good time. Lots of really really good info. Lots of great mm-hmm. seminars. Good uh, folks. Good folks. 
Good fun. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Jeff, you got a weather blurb. Yeah, so as we've, uh, funny that we're, we're, this was part of the podcast tonight. Uh, it's that time of year that um, snow squalls are um, an issue in the traditional snow belt areas. Um, the waters are still relatively warm. They're ice free. You get the, uh, the cold wind. You get the fetch, what they call fetch off of uh, the warm water and uh, a long stretch of um, open, open water. And you get uh, some lake effect that can be very, very substantial um, depending on variable factors. So like I say, they're, they're, they're actually sparking up. Uh, we had some uh, hit our area this afternoon. Last time I went outside, it was actually raining, but it's just one of those things, you know, uh, a lot of high impact areas, upper Michigan gets it. Um, Buffalo, as I mentioned, um, at the end of Lake Erie, Watertown, that area, at the end of Lake Ontario, um, anywhere where you have a long stretch of open water and the wind runs across that, you're, you're going to get a ton of snow. So areas around Georgian Bay, around where, where I am, uh, they're saying we could see upwards to 50 centimeters in the next three days. So, uh, And the other thing with it that you need to be aware of is it's highly variable. Um, you can be driving down the road and... The roads are dry and five minutes later, you can't see two feet in front of you and there's a foot of snow on the ground. So always be aware of those sudden changes in weather and road conditions and, and be prepared for that if you have to travel in those traditional snow belt areas. And the deal of the week there again. I was going to say, are you muted? Yeah, I am muted, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, deal of the week. So, uh, InterSurplus, uh, InterSurplus.com. Uh, they are currently running a Black Friday sale on uh, some discounted European hunting guns, uh, including free shipping, uh, discounted prices, a bunch of other stuff. They're all based on the Mauser 96 action, but if you don't mind 30-odd-6 or 8mm Mauser or some other kind of uh, lesser-known calibers in Canada anyway, um, fantastic deals, like 230 bucks upwards crazy cheap um so yeah i mean it's uh take advantage of the black friday i think it's on for another three days or something like that so give it a shot nice. there's a link in the show notes awesome and uh, we'll move in the shout outs uh i got one uh i think they mentioned it last week but just in case um spencer at advent arms corporation so he's a newly established gunsmith here in coombs british columbia which is like 10 minutes from my house here um, does custom firearms work? Um, he is working on a like a zombie apocalypse version of a 870. He's kind of on the on the plan with us, so to speak. Um, yeah, he's got custom 870 work. He's got uh, you know repair work. He's he does it all. Um, so advantarms.ca, or you can email him at spencer and uh, pretty cool guy. He's uh, he's um, I guess apprenticed under a local gunsmith from uh, Vancouver, and uh, just starting out. So. Yeah, try and support him as best we can. Awesome. All right. I see a mention in the iTunes email section here from uh, Paul about looking for some battery packs. So I know what that's all about. I'll uh, do some research and see what I can find for you. Yeah, I didn't even know what a HTX202 was. I'm going to guess um, a ham radio. 
Okay. <laughs> no, I know exactly what Paul's talking about. We mentioned it a couple episodes ago. He's going to email me looking for some battery packs. He's got a VHF uh, handheld radio. We need some batteries for so that I could maybe dig some up for him. So we'll see. I'll have a look, Paul. I'll let you know if I can find them. Uh, with that, I'll bring episode, oh, episode 223. I can't believe we didn't even mention it. 223. Best caliber ever. Best caliber there is. <laughs> I'll bring episode 223 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please submit a review. It does help uh, other people find us and, uh, you know, plays around the algorithms and all that fun stuff. And we do record these shows live on uh, YouTube. Uh, book of faces if you must. Uh, if you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That will give you an alert when we are going live. If anybody wants to reach out to me for anything, you can uh, contact me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca, or I am frequently on the Discord. And for me, you can reach me on the annual Preppers Meet Facebook page or just email me directly at terrylblackmore at hotmail.com. You can find me, the Prugal Gunny, on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook for now, Instagram, and CPP Discord. And 308 is the best caliber, I'm afraid, guys. I got to drop it right there. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just have, that's another, like, you know, 80 episodes away. So come on, we, we'll, yeah. we'll get back to that. Awesome. We'll that. We're saving the best. We're saving the best. Well, I, I guess since I'm banned from everywhere else, uh, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. Uh, you can occasionally find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast. We record Monday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're on uh, iTunes and YouTube there. It's the only way I can sneak onto uh, to YouTube and otherwise, I guess. Uh, I'm also on the Gilded app for uh, Patriot Podcast. Uh, emails if you want an invite. It's actually uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's got all sorts of topics to, to talk about. There's even a prepping section on there. Uh, there you can find us discussing why government waste in society has me hoping for another age. How have you not been banned from Gmail yet? I don't know, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Considering what I send on it, that's it's pretty amazing. We're gonna see if we can change that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Check out to Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. You can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So, uh, thanks for joining us. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>